Richard Branson is one of the world's most celebrated entrepreneurs, living the dream, from the outside at least. Happiness, a loving family, success, Caribbean island, more money than most of us could imagine. But he's also now increasingly focusing his attention on philanthropy. And Richard Branson is my guest on The Global Conversation. Many thanks for joining us on the program. Thank you. It seems now that philanthropy is becoming more and more the responsibility of the wealthy. They're taking that responsibility on board. Is that something you're seeing? Uh, so, it, so it should be. I mean, I think, you know, if, you, if you're successful in life, um, enormous wealth can co go with that success. Uh, if you have enormous wealth, then enormous responsibility uh, goes with it too. Um, you, you, and, and, and it's that responsibility to use your entrepreneurial skills to get out into the world to solve the, you know, some of the problems of the world and, and also to use your financial strength to get out in the world and um, solve some of the problems of the world. Is it a new trend though? Well, not a new trend, but is it a trend? We're seeing more of it now. I think, I think, uh, it, I think it is a trend. I think it's a positive trend. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, I think you know, what, capitalism is something which uh, seems to be the only system that works. I mean, it, it, you know, capitalism is wonderful in that you, know, you have young people, they come up with an idea to make a difference in, in other people's lives, um, and, they, and they go with their idea. And, and if they're successful, um, uh, their idea grows and they make some money. Um, but they, but they make, um, you know, some, the, the fault of capitalism, they sometimes make the kind of money uh, that is completely unnecessary for them to make. Um, and, uh, and, and in order not to stifle capitalism by uh, imposing sort of draconian taxes on those people, it's up to those people then to use that money to give it back to society in, in one form or another. We received a message on Facebook from one of our viewers uh, to ask you, and this is from Thomas Huygen, and he says, being on the one extreme of global inequality, what do you make of the criticism that it's unjust for the 85 wealthiest people on the planet, and I suppose you are towards that side, to have as much wealth as the poorest 3.5 billion people? I just came from a lunch um, with Bill Gates, um, uh, who is perhaps the wealthiest man mm. in the world, and um, and uh, you know sixty other business leaders who are very successful, um, who have all agreed um, to give the majority of their wealth away, either whilst they're alive um, or when they die, and not not just to leave it to future generations. And um, and I think that's the right thing to do. You know, the the, the good thing about the, um, the, these people is they're also entrepreneurially minded, so they can also see problems in the world um, which can be tackled using their entrepreneurial skills and their money. Because you've also, you've also pledged to give up half of your fortune, haven't you, as part of this pledge? At least half, yeah. I think entrepreneurs can see problems perhaps slightly differently than some other people mm -hmm. and, um, and often you know, they, 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 they can get you know, problems. I mean, let's, all right, let's say last month um, the president, the, the Uganda passed a law to say that um, a very anti-human rights law saying that um, gay people would be put in prison for life. Um, if you didn't report a gay person, you'd be put in prison for life. Um, you know, incredibly dangerous, um, homophobic, horrible law. Um, and, you know, so, you know, we, we got together a group of business people who could talk to the president and the president, you know, changed his mind and vetoed, vetoed the law. Um, and, 
you know, so I think that business people have uh, quite a lot of clout in the world, and if we use our clout positively, um, we, can, we can change the world for the better. Yeah, because you're involved in so many different issues. You mentioned gay rights, but there's also gender equality, there's climate change, there's uh, conflict resolution. It doesn't seem, you don't seem to get overwhelmed by it, though. You, you seem to feel, you, I get the impression you really do think we can resolve this. You're saying one problem at a time in some respects. You know, I mean, I just got off the phone mm. before I came in here um, with an organization called The Elders that we, that, that mm. we set up, which Kofi Annan is the, is the, um, uh, uh, the, the chairman of, mm. and just said, you know, Ukraine, look, three people got killed on the streets. Um, you know, we, we ought to consider whether, you know, a group like The Elders could go into Ukraine um, and see if we could, they can help resolve a conflict before it becomes like a Syrian mm -hmm. situation with hundreds of thousands of people being killed. Um, and, um, and often, you know, conflicts, it, it's right at the very beginning of conflicts that, you know, if you move quickly enough, if you can, you know, get the leader of the opposition and the, and, and, and the uh, leader, leader of the country together um, and say, you know, for the sake of your country, you know, I, I mean, please, you know, compromise, you know, and, and, and don't let this, you know, um, uh, you know, go into a Syrian situation. Um, you know, you can resolve that conflict, and um, you know the, el the elders, for instance, did that in Kenya when, when, when Kenya was falling apart a few years ago, and um, they, they, man they managed to get that resolved. I think if, you, if you're in a position to make a difference, you've got to try to make a difference. Well, the young are finding life pretty tough at the moment. Mass unemployment. I think young entrepreneurs find it difficult to meet those challenges that life kind of raises. So we, re we received a tweet from a young guy called Edmund Graham and he said, how can one thrive in an average world where opportunities are limited? What, what's your advice to, the, to these young guys trying to, trying to make it? You help them. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, to become an entrepreneur is not easy. Mm. And, um, and a lot of people who try to become entrepreneurs, they fail uh, along the way. Uh, but good ones pick themselves up and they try again, they try again until they succeed. Um, and you know, what, what an entrepreneur needs to do first of all is come up with an idea that will make a positive difference to other people's mm. lives. And if you've, got, if you've got an idea that's going to make a positive difference to other people's lives, you've got a chance of building a business. Um, and then you need to get a great group of people around you um, who believe in what you're trying to do. Um, and then you need to just say, you know, screw it, let's do it, and, and get 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 on and try it. You know, it's, it sounds easier said than done, and, and I know how difficult it is. I mean, when I started in business, age 15, um, you know, I would stand outside, um, you know, concerts, handing out leaflets for a, a small little mail order company, you know, trying to sell records, um, and you know, and as people sent me in the money, I'd then go and buy the records and then send it to them, and um, you know, and so. You know, it, it can be a very hand-to-mouth existence to you know to start up and you know build build a company, um, um, but you know enormously rewarding if you succeed. Uh, not everyone is going to succeed as an entrepreneur, but um, you know, but it's worth giving it a try. Would I be wrong in saying that one of your mantras as well to, is to have fun along the way? You're kind of pretty well known for the pranks that you pull and the. <laughs> I think, I, look, I think life is, uh, life is short, life should be fun, and it should be fun not, you know, it should be, if, if, if the, the chairman of the company is having fun, you know, if you go to a party and, uh, you know, if I let my hair down and I'm the first to be thrown in the swimming pool and, uh, and I'm not just sitting, you know, standing in the corner of the room sipping sherry or something, uh, then everybody will have a laugh and everybody will have fun. You know, if you're 
chairman of company be the first to dance on the table. You know, just get everybody else up dancing on the table and make sure the parties, you know, the parties are laugh. So, uh, you know, so play hard and uh, play hard, work hard, and um, uh, and you know, follow certain principles in life. You know, be, you know. You know, love people. Make make sure you make a positive difference mm. in this world while, while you're on it. Yeah. So you like to you like to make people laugh. If you can think of one, I don't want to put you on the spot, but say one of your favourite pranks you've played. Well, I mean, let's see. British Airways have always been uh, a big competitor of Virgin, mm. and um, they were sponsoring the London Wheel, um, uh, which is off opposite the House of Commons, mm. and the wheel was lying on the ground and they got all the world's press to come and see them erect this wheel and I got a call at six in the morning saying they can't get the wheel up. Uh, well we had an airship company that was half an hour from London so I rang up the airship company, I scrambled an airship and it flew straight over the wheel uh, and it had a big sign on the side of it, BA can't get it up. Um, so that sort of thing, is, <laughs> we, we like to have some fun at our, our competitors expense. <laughs> <laughs> and we got the front pages of every newspaper and most television companies that day. You're also involved in very exciting ventures. There's philanthropy on the one side, but you haven't given up your business ventures entirely either. And I think Virgin Galactic must be one of the most exciting things happening at the moment. Are we really going to see a commercial space flight this year? We, we are definitely going to see a commercial space flight this year. Uh, it'll be mid this year. Um, and I'll be going out with my children. Um, and. Uh, and it will be, uh, it, it'll be ridiculously exciting. I mean, we, you know, to, to, we built the mothership, we built a spaceship, we built a spaceport in New Mexico. Um, you know, we're beginning to build satellites to go with, you know, to put up there with the spaceship. Um, it'll, it'll, will enable, you know, I think in my lifetime, hundreds of thousands of people to become astronauts. Um, will uh, enable the cost of telephony and internet access to come down dramatically, um, we'll be able to reach people, the two billion people who don't have it, um, will hopefully, again in my lifetime, we'll be able to uh, enable you to go from uh, you know, London to Australia in you know, a little over an hour. Um, so how, did so that, how does that work? Well, uh, you know, we're, we're, this is going to be sort of 10, 15 years ahead, this mm. particular aspect of it, but uh, if we can put a spaceship into orbit um, uh, and, and it and then drop it back down into Sydney, uh, you'll be traveling at 18,000 miles an hour. Uh, and um, so basically, the time and the journey is going to be. So the uh, Earth rotates. Yeah, if you put, um, put anything into orbit, it'll mm. go at 18,000 miles an hour. So, we'll, so the, the, it's just going to be the time of takeoff and landing that's going to, you know, you, and when you look out of the window um, on your journey, you'll be looking back at the Earth and um, you'll have the ride of a lifetime. So I think it'll be a very popular service one day. It seems to be the stuff of fantasy. And I, I've also heard that you're thinking about building a space hotel. Yep. I mean, I think if you're going to send people to space, there's some people who want to stay there for a week or two. So, um, uh, you know, there's already a wonderful man called Bigelow who has, has actually now got, the, you know, the, got, got everything ready for hotels and space. and. Um, We'd love the first, uh, the first serious space hotel to be Virgin Hotels. When, when, when would that be? What kind of time frame are you looking at for that? I, th I think about five years from now. Really? Okay. Yeah. And how much would a room cost per night? <laughs> We've still got to have to work that one out. Uh, I think, it, as always with these things, it's going to be expensive initially. The people who can afford it will, will enable us to bring the prices down for those people who can't afford it. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so one day, um, Hopefully, 
you know, hundreds of thousands of people would be able to afford it and not, not just you know, the wealthy few. Have you become so inextricably linked to the Virgin brand? You've almost become a brand in yourself. Do you worry that when you and as you extricate yourself from Virgin... So you going to say, when you die. Get anyway, just say, okay. just say. When, just you, say. when <laughs> you die, when you pop your clogs, will Virgin die with you? I don't think so. I think, um, you know, Apple hasn't died. Steve Jobs mm. is, 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 is no longer. Um, and I, don't, I think Virgin is, is well established as a brand now globally that it will, it will live on. Um, I've got wonderful people working at Virgin. We've got, I've got two delightful uh, adult children who are very, very capable. Um, and um, I don't think any of them will want to see all the effort we put into building Virgin wasted. Um, and we want Virgin, you know, we want Virgin to be, you know, a company which we can be proud of, but we, more to point, we want Virgin to be, you know, the greatest force for good company in the world and making a real difference in the world. And, and that's something that everybody who works for Virgin can be really proud of. You were just mentioning your kids, and it brings back to me the fact that when you're doing your balloon trips around the world, you wrote goodbye notes to your children because you thought it was so risky you could die on the trip. And I guess like most adventurers then, does that mean that your lust for adventure is stronger than your... Love your for my children. <laughs> love for your children, your love for life? Well, look, I think uh, it's, a, it's a very good question. And, um, and being a responsible father um, or mother, um, you should most likely just sit at home and watch television and not uh, embark on, on mm -hmm. grand adventures. Um, having said that, um, now my children have grown up. But they were uh, young at that point. Though. Yeah, but now they've grown up. <laughs> Um, you know, they've climbed Mont Blanc with me. Um, you know, we've, we've, we've tried to break the transatlantic sailing record together. We've uh, kite surfed across the English Channel. We're going to space together. We're, I mean, you know, so, you know, that zest for adventure is something which is inbred in, in, in our family. And, I mean, and if, you know, if we lose one of us in, 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 in that zest for adventure, we, we will know that, um, you know, we've, we've gone out doing, some, you know, doing something that we wanted to do. That, you know that um, uh, you know that is really challenging ourselves. Uh, you know, rather than you know dying in a road accident or whatever, whatever, whatever other way it happened. Razvan Zapodenu asked, "Are you afraid of anything? Are you afraid of something?" Is that precisely how he put it? Yeah, I mean, look, I love life, and therefore, if you love life, you you don't want to part early from from life. Um, and I have, you know, in my in my balloon attempts, I think I was pulled out of the sea five times by helicopters. So. Um, you know, so I've been fortunate to survive. Uh, obviously, you know, I would hate, hate for my children ever to be ill, or you know, mm -hmm. and, 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 and that's something that, uh, you know, as a, as a father, um, you know, good health is, is, is all that matters. But it, you know, as long as our family and friends are healthy, then um, little, little, uh, I'm, I'm afraid of little. This was a question from Sana Mina, and she said, uh, "Does money make you happy or not?" When I started off, um, I started off. Uh, not thinking of myself as a business person, but thinking of myself as wanting to make a difference in the world. So I started a magazine to campaign against the Vietnamese War, the, the Biafran War um, in Africa. Um, and uh, and y money was just a, a means to try to get enough money in to pay for the magazine to make sure it could come out every week. Um, and ever since then, I've, I've created things which I, where I think it can make a difference in the world, mm -hmm. hopefully, at the end of the year, more money comes in than goes out to pay the bills. 
Um, money is useful to, you know, useful, at, you know, to, you know, if, you're, if your children are ill, um, if you want to get a, a decent education, um, uh, you know, if you want to have a holiday a year, you know, I mean, it, you know, there are some, some basic necessities mm. with money. Um, but once you've actually, you know, you had your breakfast, lunch, dinner, and, and done those things, um, you know, money's not that important. Now, if you have money, uh, therefore, you just must make, make, make the best of it and make, make good use of it and, um, and, um, and, you know, use it to transform the world. So if we look at 2014, if you had one, or if you have one major ambition for 2014, in terms of doing good for the world, what would you really like to plug away at and make a huge difference in? Well, look, I, I would love to see, um, uh, you know, less conflicts in the world. And mm. I think the elders, um, you know, they're a wonderful group of people. Mm. Um, you know, people like Mary Robinson, Kofi Annan, Archbishop Tutu, you know, Nelson Mandela was one of them, um, President Carter and so on. Um, you know, they, they, I mean, tomorrow they, they go to a region where, you know, where, where there is a conflict to try to address it. Um, you know, we've got people in Central Africa trying to address conflicts there. Um, uh, um, and you know, I just love to see you know see you know less conflicts in the world. And uh, because you know, if you have a conflict, you don't have education, you don't have health. The whole the whole of society breaks down. You know, if, okay. If there's one thing one could pray for for th this year, would be to see an end to the Syrian conflict and um, and and peace come again to that region. Now, I began the interview by saying that you're incredibly lucky. You have so many things in life, you live, live a dream life for many of us. But that success, you know, comes with work. So if you look deeply within yourself and you're modest, what would you say that makes you different from other people, stand out from other people, has made you, uh, I suppose, a, a catalyst for change? Well, I, d I don't think I'm uh, that different from other people. I think uh, I'm lucky enough to have been brought up um, in a family that, um, you know, family of love, family that looks for the best in other people. And I managed to surround, my, surround myself by wonderful people who, um, uh, you know, who are, are also good at, at dealing with other people. And, um, and you know, we create, um, we create things that, uh, you know, these, this wonderful team of people around me believe in. Um, you know, people are willing to work really hard to try to, you know, make them a success. Uh, we have a lot of fun doing it and um, we'll continue to do it until we drop. <laughs> Richard Branson, many thanks for joining us on the programme. Thank you very much.